Tonight's episode is brought to you by Leap Spirits. Not only uh, did September bring the start of football season, but for fans of Leap Spirits and the Green Bay Packers, uh, it's a special time of year because Packers legend and Leap Spirits co-founder Leroy Butler is now a member of the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, and deigned to commemorate that special occasion and gear up for football season, Leap Spirits created a Hall of Fame limited edition bottle featuring Leroy. This special edition bottle comes with the same great recipe distilled from Midwest corn and incorporating a proprietary coconut filtering process that provides vibrant fragrance and flavor. Not only is it a must-have in any Packers fans' home bars to gear up for football season, when it's gone, the bottle will make a perfect addition to your memorabilia collection. Wags Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was recently awarded Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. So folks, to find Leap Leap Vodka and Leap and Lemonade in a retail store or restaurant anywhere in Wisconsin, visit leapspirits.com and click to find Leap Vodka. See show notes for details. I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will. Good evening. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags. Joining me, as always, is Dane. Coming off a big week three road win for the second year in a row, Dane. Looked crummy week one, did just enough in week two, and maybe pull a surprise win in week three. So how are you feeling today? I feel great. Uh, Going on the road, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. I mean... I don't care how they won. <laughs> we won, man. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts, but end of the day, I'll take an ugly win over an ugly loss any day of the week. And frankly, if you're going to lean on a, on a defensive performance, some games are going to look ugly, but it might be part of the plan. I thought the defense played phenomenal football throughout the game. Offense started hot and then, you know, dropped off, but who cares? It's a team effort. The Packers went down to Tampa Bay, took care of business, and I'll tell you what, if you had to choose between our fan base and Tampa Bay's fan base right now, I'll take where we're sitting any day of the week, so I'm feeling really good on a victory Monday night, Wags. Yeah, I think after that second half, there's probably a a segment of Packer fans that are thinking, oh, they did not look good at all, but they played darn near perfect football in the first half. So, Dane, I agree. We can get into that. And it's interesting, sort of a paradigm shift. It's been so long since we had a game like that where defense and special teams was the sole reason we won the game. And, folks, I'll tell you what. Just because the offense doesn't look amazing for four quarters, there's no reason to panic. This is a football team that's built to win games like this. So that's good news as far as I'm concerned. The offense can only get better moving forward. And there's not a whole lot of defenses uh, across the league that I think are going to be able to uh, shut down any uh, Packers offensive players like uh, the Bucks did yesterday in the second half. Uh, could have they been better? Yeah, we'll get into that. I think there's certainly takeaways and areas to improve um, in all elements of, of the game. But, uh, Dane, I couldn't agree more. Any way you can get a win in Tampa Bay, um, I know they were missing some key players on, on their offensive side of the ball, but uh, that's, a, that's a big win any way you slice it. So uh, we Wait, can't... Wait, uh, you're, you're right, and, and I'm just going to say it right away. Tom Brady doesn't lose a lot of football games. That's just a yeah. fact, and I don't care who his wide receivers are. It hasn't mattered for most of his career, and he just doesn't lose a lot of games, especially at home. doesn't matter if he's in New England or Tampa Bay. So to go on the road and beat Tom Brady, no matter who his weapons are, it's not an easy feat. The Packers looked really good doing it, and they made Tom Brady look, frankly, his age, which is everything we were hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we start then with what is probably going to be mostly a very positive uh, discussion is on the Packers' defensive side of the ball. Uh, there's not a lot to complain about here or um, to, to really get too down about. It, it was a complete effort, uh, however you want to slice it. Jair Alexander goes out in the first series with a groin injury, 
Um, so it, it, when that happened, as far as I'm concerned, that kind of even the scales uh, with the, the Bucks having three of their top receivers out. We lose our top corner right off the bat unexpectedly as well. Um, and uh, Kajon Nixon comes in, plays admirably, but this whole defense, uh, the way that they played uh, was just exceptional. Um, first series of the game, Bucks did a little bit, moved down the field, but Dane, progress. It wasn't a touchdown in the first series. They were able to hold him to a field goal. And, um, you know, what did you see from the defense from there on forward? Because um, there was just uh, so many positives, I think, uh, to call out on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I'll start with a, with a, a position group that I was a little critical of um, the first two games, which is the defensive line. I thought that they played a really strong game um, uh, across the board. Now, Kenny Clark, yet again, Wags, just playing freakish football right now. He, he is truly one of the best defensive linemen in the league, and he's doing it week in, week out. Another 50-snap performance for Kenny Clark. I mean, dude is just playing a ton. So, you know, I think um, as the game progressed as well, they played a lot of two-down linemen, which I thought was pretty fascinating, mostly with Jerron Reed and with um, Dean Lowry getting kind of those snaps next to Kenny Clark. Um, so a little bit less um, from a defensive line snap uh, than, than maybe in some previous weeks. But at the end of the day, um, those two guys were extremely active, um, whoever they were, Kenny and whoever was next to him. And, and I thought that they played really well and allowed for the Packers to get into kind of more of that defense with those four linebackers, which something we projected going into the game, we thought we'd see a lot of two inside linebackers. We ended up seeing a lot of two inside linebackers. The young man, Walker, yet again played really well. And Wags, Devondre Campbell, with the best game of his young season as well, was flying all over the field. So, I mean, to a man, we can talk about how good they were, but um, let's start right up front and right up the middle, the heart of this defense. The defensive line looked extremely strong. Best they played this year as a unit, but then... Getting that second level, those inside linebackers, like we thought they'd be key. They were key yesterday and playing strong football, not only against the run, but also against the pass, as we saw late in the game. Yeah, I mean, we came into this week saying this defensive line was touted so much in the preseason, haven't really been seeing it for the first two weeks, and they really bought it yesterday. I couldn't agree more. But when you're holding Leonard Fournette to 35 yards on 12 carries, yes. you're doing something right. And and that's a team effort, to your point. But um, I saw a lot of Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker moving downhill. They had a room to run downhill and make plays, and they were doing it all game long. So uh, that was a Devondre Campbell that we saw a lot of last season. And um, he, I'll tell you what, Dane, uh, if they're able to keep blockers off of both him and Quay as we move forward, I, I mean, uh, that's just going to be something that's going to make opposing offensives' lives miserable because yes. if if they're not able to run the football – the defense that we saw against the Bears was not the same defensive line that we saw here against the Buccaneers. Uh, and and I know that Tampa Bay uh, was without some of their weapons. And you could say, well, that makes it a little bit easier to key on Leonard Fournette. But I, I'll tell you what, Dane, I, I thought that the Buccaneers – um, we're still trying to do a lot of the things that they're normally doing on offense. And it just didn't seem like Leonard Fournette had any holes to run. Um, so I, I, I think that uh, starting with Kenny Clark, um, I thought we saw some additional work uh, from TJ Slayton. I thought Jaron Reed definitely had his best game as a Packer um, and, and Dean Lowry as well. So just kind of going all the way down the board, uh, those top defensive linemen, and they didn't get worn out over the course of four quarter yes. game in a very hot weather day on I the I wanted road. to ask you about that. I wanted yeah. to ask you about that. Were you surprised by that? I mean, I was impressed by the conditioning of our defense. You know, you expect the defense to get worn down, especially some of the big guys. But dude, our guys were feeling good. You could tell that our guys were flowing for the most part. Even late in the game, um, I thought that they looked like they had their legs under them. So kudos to them, right? I mean, I was really impressed by the 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 um, tenacity of this defense and the fitness level that we showed. 
Yeah, and neither offense was able to do all that much um, in the second half. So maybe it was one of those things where because the Packers offense was on the field a lot more in the first Mm -hmm. half than the Bucs were, they were able to, you know, keep some of their reserves and energy up through the remainder of the fourth quarter contest. Uh, But that being said, how many times have we seen that, Dane, in a hot weather, early season environment like that, uh, where the defensive line just looks completely gassed by about the middle of the third quarter. And you're thinking, uh-oh, even if you're winning in a game like that, like we were yesterday, uh, just didn't see that yesterday, which was was pleasing to see. Kenny Clark had 50 snaps, and Jaron Reed had 40 snaps. So, That's a ton uh, those for a guys, big guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were really putting in work uh, for sure. Um, then Dane, I, I also wanted to ask you, uh, we t- covered D line, obviously linebackers, but, um, were, were you surprised at how well Devondra Campbell and Quay Walker were able to do in coverage? Because that seems like an area where teams would like to exploit some mismatches in, in when they've got uh, both of those guys out there. Um, last year, we saw a lot of Devondre Campbell was the lone linebacker out there and a lot of defensive sets, but it seems like they're able to get away with so far uh, having both Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell out there. And despite the fact that teams are running more crossing routes, trying to, to do what they can to create those mismatches, uh, they just both seem to be holding up tremendously well and not only holding up, but quite honestly, uh, making a lot of plays in, in the past defense as well. So um, can you comment on that? Because I thought that was really popping off the screen as well. Legs. I mean, this is everything we could have hoped for out of Quay Walker. Um, so this this allows their their play, his play in particular. I think we know who Devondre Campbell is um, after last year. He fits perfectly into this defense. But I'll tell you what, man, with with Walker now there as well, it allows for the Packers to go into this two four you know two four five kind of defense that they like to play with their two down linemen four linebackers, and then their five defensive backs. And, and in, in doing so and still being able to play the run and the pass in that defensive formation opens up a whole new bag of tricks for this Packers defense. They're stout enough against the run, but if they can trail line, uh, running backs and tight ends uh, the way that they did yesterday, um, it just it, it gives them that flexibility to be kind of impart their will. Uh, on opposing offenses. So I'm, I'm incredibly impressed by what they were able to do. Man, Walker is just all over the field. I love his sideline to sideline speed. Uh, we saw Devondre Campbell, I thought, cleaning up a ton of run plays yesterday. It was just playing nasty. But, um, you know, we see at times young guys kind of get lost in the fold, lost in the mix, maybe not pop right away. That's not the case with Walker. He has impact play. I mean, he had an impact play last week on the goal line. This week, he punched a ball out. I mean, this is a young man who early in the year is making major plays for this defense, Wags, and he's allowing for this defense to do things that they haven't been able to do in previous years and, and you know, really play a little bit stronger against the run in addition to the pass. So I love what Walker's bringing to it, but overall, holistically, this defense just looks different this year than it has in past years, not only by the speed that I think Walker brings to the middle of the defense, but also formation-wise, they're really able to keep two linebackers out there for long stretches of the game, even in obvious passing downs like Tampa Bay was in yesterday. I was really impressed by that, and we largely were able to shut down Tom Brady, even with two inside linebackers in for most of this football game. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'll tell you what, just uh, to shift to, uh, lastly, I think the secondary group. Yeah. Uh, how impressed were you, Dan, with Kazon Nixon oh, coming in? I mean, I what a performance. It. Yeah, and, and that's just, just couldn't be happier for, for that young man. Uh, to step in and, and play the way he did was just exceptional. Uh, that has to make uh, Packer fans and coaching staff and everyone involved feel a lot better. Uh, about the depth of that uh, cornerback room, because I know that was a little bit of a question mark coming out of camp. Uh, but if he's going to play like that, <laughs> I, I've got no question marks at all. And we'll see what the extent and the duration of, of Jair's injury is. But um I'll tell you what. Um, and just not to just uh, take any kudos away from anyone, because I think uh, 
frankly, Eric Stokes has been playing exceptional football um, in all all the games so far this season. Uh, maybe he didn't have his his best performance against the Vikings, but pretty good overall. And I thought yesterday was no exception. Uh, Razul Douglas it was all over the field as well mm-hmm. yesterday with what he's doing. So um, it's interesting to see so far this season, uh, Jair obviously out with the injury yesterday, didn't think he had his best performance against the Bears, um, the interception aside. And uh, certainly he was grumpy about the matchup and the scheme against the Vikings. Um, we played all last season without Jair. We need Jair Alexander. So this isn't a, wow, look at how good the defense is without Jair. It's kind of, wow, look how good the defense is, even without Jair. So um, hopefully it's not a significant injury for him and he doesn't have to miss much time. Uh, but um, Dane, just uh, comment a- again on this cornerback room and and these young guys uh, uh, led by Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes uh, but then Kayshawn Nixon coming in and, and playing the way he did yesterday is just exceptional and, and it's going to pay a big time dividends I think for this defense as we move forward as well. Kayshawn was awesome yesterday um, so just to put it in perspective the week prior against the Bears Kayshawn Nixon did not play one defensive snap by my count. Um, he, he played a fair number of special team snaps, but not one defensive snap. Yesterday, um, looking at official snap counts, Keyshawn Nixon played 57 snaps on defense, also played another 16 on special teams. Keyshawn Nixon played more snaps yesterday than any other member of the Green Bay Packers when you combine special teams and defense. Packers had to lean on him heavily yesterday. And he delivered. And not only did he deliver in the, in the kind of way where it's like, oh, you know, like I, I didn't notice anything bad, but he had standout performance on defense. He played, he had a standout play on special teams, killing that ball on the one yard line. Um, the moment was not too big for Kayshawn. And, and that's what was so exciting to see. So this was our first real extended look at him in green and gold. Mind you, he's a carryover. He's a guy who was over there in in Las Vegas with the Raiders. And, um, you know, I look at this this roster and you bring over Nixon and we thought when he signed with the Packers, yeah, you know what? We think he's probably going to make the team. We think he's going to be kind of a back-end guy. He's going to be a special teams guy because um, Coach Masaccia really likes him and, you know, yada, yada, yada. What he showed yesterday is The moment's not too bright for him. He's a guy who's going to be able to step in in a moment's notice and make plays, and it's not going to let his special team's duties fall by the wayside. He's a guy who just came out there like a professional, like you expect from a guy like him, and he played a full 60 minutes, four quarters of football for this Packers defense. And you've got to think, Wags, that he earned so much more trust than he probably already had in the locker room amongst his brothers on this team. Just kudos to Nixon. I love when guys like him have a chance to shine and then they do it on a big stage like a nationally televised game. So good for him. He's going to build off of this, but he's going to carve out a role. He's going to continue to, I think, on this defense if he can continue to play the way that he just played yesterday. Yeah, it's going to it's definitely cool. build confidence. Yeah, it's, it's really it's cool. cool. And, and, and this isn't taking anything away from these guys, but certainly the wide receiver course that we faced the last couple of weeks is not going to be, you know, anyone's writing home about. Uh, they're only a couple of weeks uh, beyond Justin Jefferson lighting our, our secondary mm-hmm. up. So uh, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the performance at all, but we'll definitely see some some more talented wide receiver groups in, in coming weeks, maybe not this coming week, but in future weeks. And so we'll see how they're able to continue to develop and perform uh, against some of the top uh, wide receivers in the league. Uh, Dane, I, I do want to ask, it's it's one of those, it's an interesting thing when we're looking at the defense. Um, as well as they played yesterday, there is still some areas, I think, for improvement and growth. And one of those is is in, on the back end. It, it hasn't been a terrible performance for Adrian Amos and uh, Darnell Savage so far this year, but just not exceptional I think is kind of maybe like last week we said the defensive line performance through the first two games was a little underwhelming um 
Would it be fair to say, or is this an unfair criticism to say that Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos have been a little underwhelming at times? And some of it's been communication issues uh, that, quite frankly, guys with uh, their level of veteran tenure shouldn't be having, uh, especially in year two of Coach Barry's defense. Um, so it, it hasn't been atrocious, but I just, I don't think up to the standards that we would expect from either one of those guys. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. And if you think I'm overreacting or just trying to pick out spots, uh, because clearly uh, opposing offenses are going to have a hard time finding weaknesses or areas to exploit. Um, so perhaps that's one area that uh, they might be under the microscope in, in future weeks as well. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Is this something that we expect them to just bounce back and start playing better? Or do you have any level of concern that there seems to be some recurring issues that can happen on the back end from time to time? Well, I, I think I text you um, with 21 seconds left in the game as the Buccaneers are marching down the field. I think I said something along the lines, and I believe this, that, uh, you know, if there's 21 seconds on the clock and, and the opposing offense is six points, you can't blame the defense if the team loses, right? I mean, like, I thought the Packers defense played incredibly well um, yesterday. Um, I thought Savage played better. Wags yesterday than he did the first two games, but the miscommunication on the back end is something I'm not quite understanding. Uh, as you pointed out, it's, it's year two of Joe Barry's defense. So I'm not sure. We saw another, I thought, pretty high level miscommunication yesterday late in the game. And you just can't have those breakdowns that late in the game in pressure spots. So I'm not sure where that's at, especially, um, you know, you mentioned we have high expectations of Adrian Amos. I'm the first to admit it. Um, he's a guy who's a smart defender. He's a guy who he's kind of the quarterback of the defense largely. He's somebody that knows where guys are supposed to be. He's not afraid to tell them where to be. So it's a little concerning that we've seen miscommunication. It seems like coming out of his end a couple times as well. And I'm not sure if it's he's the one that's at fault or if he's the one getting in the ear of somebody saying, where the heck were you? Um, but either way, we're seeing some of that. So I expect that to continue to get cleaned up as the year progresses. But, it, you know, get back to me if it's week six and we're still having miscommunication in the defensive backfield. And then I'm going to have to wonder what's going on in film. Where's the communication breakdown during the week in preparation? Because we can't have that if that's going to continue to happen. Um, now that being said, Wags, I want to ask you about communication on that last play, um, effectively of the game where the Packers stopped that two point conversion. That was something, um, that I thought that the Packers played perfectly. We hear the lore now after the game that Aaron Rodgers went up to Lafleur, maybe saw something on the Jumbotron, um, but it looked like Devondre Campbell knew it was coming. It looked like Darnell Savage knew it was coming. They knew what the Buccaneers were calling on that play. And if you look back at it, um, it they were kind of double covered there. Campbell had his hands on it, but even if that, if Campbell wasn't there, I think Savage played that ball perfectly. So uh, what did you see there? Cause that was pitch perfect defensive performance when they needed the defense to step up at their most. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly they saw something in the alignment. So I, I, haven't broken down all the game film to be able to say if that was a alignment and play uh, that the Buccaneers showed earlier in the game, or perhaps there was something on tape uh, from film study uh, where in that situation and that area of the field, that's uh, uh, something that the Buccaneers like to do. So um, they were all over it. And awesome. in the biggest moment, Dean, I, I I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't that long ago. I think last season, late in the season, uh, one of my frustrating lower moments was saying, when have the Packers ever gotten a two-point conversion stop? Uh, <laughs> oh, I like, remember. Have, can, I remember can that. You re and, and that was a legit question at the time, wasn't it? But now mm -hmm. we've gotten a couple here in the last couple of seasons uh, that in, in big-time moments. So that's huge. Uh, I will say, that it looked like they were walking right into the end zone, if not for that delay of game penalty. It happens. You know what? I'm not going to apologize for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't think that Leonard Fournette was uh, going to be touched on his way to that two-point conversion yeah. uh, had had that play gotten off in time. But uh, you know what? Uh, we've been on the wrong side of that so many times. I'm not going to apologize for it. And uh, you're absolutely right. It's good to see that despite 
my gripe on a few miscommunication issues. They were dialed in in the biggest play of the game and when it mattered the most. And um, you're, uh, they, were, they were all over it. So what more can you ask for? The game was in the balance, and they were able to make, step up and make a play. And, and just even though the Buccaneers went down and scored at the end, it never should have been in that situation, as you said. Right. Um, if the offense, which we'll be getting here to after the break, did their job. And, I mean, all we needed was a field goal for them at any yes. point in the second half. Anytime. And that game was over. And that That's game right. was over. So, um, yeah, so I, I think just like almost in the 49ers playoff game last year, you can't blame the defense. The defense did everything they could, everything that they did, um, to put the Packers in position to win that game. And quite honestly, they bailed them out at the end and, uh, and sealed the win. So, uh, kudos across the board to this defense, uh, and, um, able to get, I think, nice pressure. Kenny Clark, a couple of sacks yesterday as well. So, um, can, I, can I, I was really, yeah, go ahead. Can I give a shout out to a couple other guys? Uh, Rajon Gary is making just, he's just good. You know what I mean? He's a guy who's just good every week. It seems like he has a sack. Um, so good on him. And also, um, JJ Enigbare got a big uptick at pass rush. And then just before we leave the defensive side, I thought that was notable, not only for this game wags, but maybe going forward that he, significantly outstaffed uh, Jonathan Garvin. And uh, not only that, I thought that he was in in some pretty key moments throughout the game as well. So they put a lot of trust in that young rookie outside linebacker. And I think that's notable because we might see more snaps from him going forward um, in, in critical situations. So clearly the Packers like what they're seeing out of JJ. Otherwise, he's not in in some of those moments. So that's a big game. That's a stepping stone game from a young pass rusher, I thought. Yeah, a great call out there. So, Dane, any other thoughts on the defense? Uh, otherwise, um, maybe we'll take a break here. And, let's and let's take a break, and then we'll come right back, and we're going to talk about the offense. All right, very good. So starting with DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is, of course, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with NFL action in full swing, um, DraftKings is talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Wags, I don't know why anybody wouldn't sign up for DraftKings at this point. I mean, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. That's our boy Timmy's favorite thing to do, Wags. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? So to make things even sweeter, Wags, get this. You can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long yep so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code tppn get 200 dollars in free bets if your team wins when you place a five dollar bet on any football game that's code tppn only at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the nfl minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details Wags, so this weekend, as you know, but folks, I, I went on a bit of a run, uh, team run over the weekend in northern Wisconsin. And I, you know, I can't run without music in my ears. I don't know about y'all if you're working out. Um, and I had these earbuds in, these Raycon headphones. And let me tell you, I was jamming out to some music. I was listening to some of my favorite podcasts and it was awesome. Even while I'm running, I'm on a trail, folks. I'm running up and down here and uh, it, it's just these wireless earbuds stuck in my ear. They sounded so good. Uh, they felt good the whole way. Even when it was raining wags, earbuds stayed right in my ear. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, it's just packed with features as well. Yeah. Everything from three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap function, noise isolation. Um, so you're just getting a great value when you get these earbuds from Raycon. And I couldn't agree more, Dane. I'm not a trail runner like yourself, but uh, when I'm out and about uh, walking the dog, as I've been saying here for the last few weeks, um, these are just perfect uh, to have accompanying me, and um, I don't go anywhere without them either. So 
um, yeah, folks, check them out. Go to buyraycon.com today. Use code TPPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TPPN15. All right. So, Dane, I think let's transition over to the offensive side of the yeah. ball. Tale of two halves. And that's an didn't understatement. This, didn't this remind you? Yeah, doesn't this remind you a lot of the offense that was a work in progress in Coach LaFour's first season where we would see like a good quarter or a good half or a few good series, and then it was just like pure struggle mode. And I get that Tampa Bay's defense, as I said at the top, is a really, really good defense. I I, I don't want to take anything Very away from them. But at the same time, how are you able to have that high of a level of success for most of the first half, and then you get three first downs the entire second half, no points, you go from five for five on third down conversions, the first five third downs to one for 10 the rest of the way with one of those coming in their final series. So, Dane, it's just it was befuddling to me. I I didn't expect this offense to come out this week and put up 40 points on this Bucks defense. But the way that they started off was just a thing of beauty. And then the second half, there was a struggle. So um, just just your thoughts and takeaways and and you can start with the positive start start with the negative um we'll go in either direction here uh with with whatever you think stood out to you but um you know there was some of both as i think uh, the point i'm trying to make so what bothered me um about this wags is something that kind of goes back to even week 1 and in previous seasons with the packers under coach LaFleur. and uh, listen Again, I'm going to put the caveat. I'm so happy we won. I'm so proud of this team. Offensively, though, and we saw it, I thought, last year in the playoff game, Mercedes Lewis put the ball on the ground and things kind of took a change. Um, we saw it against Tampa Bay a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Aaron Jones put the ball on the ground and, you know, the team looked a little different after that. We saw it again this week. Aaron Jones put the ball on the ground and the offense just, you know, as soon as they got punched in the mouth, uh, the all rhythm was gone and it was like they like tightened up or I don't know exactly what happens here, but it's like we're looking at a completely different offense going forward. Like when the things are going well, boy, are they going well. But as soon as, you know, we hit a bump in the road, it's like all the brakes come on all at once. And I don't have a good answer for why that is, but it's really concerning to me um, because I think the best teams in football are teams that overcome adversity um, no matter what it is. Right. And that's easy to say. It's hard to do. Um, that being said, it's very noticeable when something bad happens to the offense, oftentimes self-inflicted, um, then offensively the team just doesn't seem to bounce back the way we would hope they would. So I don't have an answer for it, but that's deeply concerning to me because it's a trend. If this just happened once, I'd be like, okay, so be it. This has happened for a number of years, and I'm sure there are a number of other instances that I'm not even thinking of right now that aren't quite as high profile as playoff losses where that's happened. Now, the the good positive part that I'm going to take of this is we still found a way to win, and we're maybe a little bit better as a team this year, and we're not going to rely solely on the offense. So I'm going to look at the silver lining of it, uh, but I would love to see as the season progresses, one of the things I'm really going to be watching for is when we hit a bump in the road offensively, can we overcome that bump? And that's something I really want to see as this year progresses. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. And it, there wasn't ever really a time where the Packers were able to effectively run the ball the, the way that they would like to. Definitely. Um, in the in the first half, they were very balanced, though. So while while the efficiency wasn't there per se, uh, running the football, I thought that they did what they needed to running the ball, and that set some nice things up. Um, a lot of the plays that they were making in the pass game were off the play action in the first half. And you saw the Buccaneers make an adjustment where they really weren't honoring that play action very much. And and I didn't think the Packers necessarily got predictable. Like I've had as a criticism and some of their play calling in the past, in those scenarios um, yesterday, it's just, it, it was just tough sledding. I'll tell you what, when you're getting basically no room to run in the run game, um, no matter when you try to run the ball and whatever the down and distance is, that's going to make it really tough 
uh, against a physical defense like this. Um, and so you got to give the Bucks a lot of credit. Uh, that being said, I, I, I think one of the things that I would would have liked to see is uh, is to lean even more so. Uh, on Robert Tunyon. And that was one of my keys coming in this week. Um, he had his most productive game as a pass catcher of the young season yesterday. Um, but that was one mismatch where I really felt they could have leaned into it a little bit more. Uh, another thing that they were really missing is, is something we talked about going into the game, that vertical threat. There was no th- there was no real threat of the vertical pass game um, throughout. And so what happens then is when you've got Robert Tunyon or you've got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon as, as your security blade and out in the flat, uh, there's, there's not as much ground to cover because the, the defense doesn't have to drop back as far if they're playing too high safeties and whatever coverage they're in. And so I thought the the Buccaneers did a nice job of taking that away in the second half as well. So I I personally, Dane, I would have liked to see a a little bit more of Robert Tunyon in the past game. And and I really felt like they could have leaned on Aaron Jones some more Mm -hmm. in the past game in the second half. When the runs got taken away, um, those are two of your premier playmakers in this year's offense. And so I, I think it would have made sense to try to do more to target them and get them involved. Even if it's only going for four or five yards, I, I, that would have given them some more manageable down and distance situations when they did get into those third downs. Uh, Cause that was another big change too. those first five third downs. We saw a lot of third and short um, in those last 10 third downs when they went one for 10, it was a lot of third and seven to third and nine. Uh, and I think that made things a lot more difficult as well. Wags, are you surprised at all talking about the vertical pass game? Um, Romeo Dobbs in college, he made a living on on some deep balls, particularly and in the, the preseason. And in the <laughs> and preseason, in the preseason. And it's yeah. some play action. You know, take your shot with Romeo was was definitely what he did in college and in the preseason. Were you surprised that yesterday we didn't see one deep shot? With Romeo, and we'll get to Romeo in a moment because I want to highlight some of the stuff that he did yesterday. But um, from a scheme perspective, I really genuinely thought we'd take a shot at some point, especially with the success he had. We just didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, well, let's just talk about Romeo right now. Eight, eight catches, eight targets, Phenomenal. eight catches. Um, a, a, the best game of his young career. Phenomenal. Got a lot, got a lot of reps with Aaron Rodgers this past week in practice. And I, you know, clearly that must have translated. Uh, they were definitely in sync yesterday. And um, Aaron said after the game, we're going to go back and look at the tape, wondering if there were more opportunities that they missed to get him to football. So uh, to hear Aaron acknowledge that, hey, he had a great game, but I might have even missed him on a few opportunities, um, I think c- kind of goes to what you're saying is, did they have some chances to take advantage of him in the vertical pass game. Uh, perhaps they did. I, I I didn't see it, but it's hard to tell when you're looking at the TV camera angles. Um, but no matter what, he had a really good game. And I think, it, not to get off tra- track at all, but that sort of goes back to the discussion of maybe the preseason reps might have mattered. Um, you know, they get reps together in practice this week, and they're able to immediately translate that out in the field on Sunday. Um, well, uh, that would have been nice to see earlier in the season. Um, that said, if Romeo Dobbs, is this what we need? Because uh, with all respect, and I thought Randall Cobb did exactly what you think you could get out of him. Yeah. That's like, that's about as much as I think we can get out of Randall Cobb, what he did for us yesterday. If he gives us that the rest of the season, I'll be extremely oh, happy. Static. Yes. Right. Uh, but Romeo Dobbs and hopefully if we can get a healthy Christian Watson, those are like the game changing type of players in this past game. Um, even if Sammy Watkins comes back with hopefully he does at some point, you know, he's he's he can give you something like he did against the Bears, but he's not someone you want to build your pass game around uh, at this point in his career, uh, just with his availability and, and kind of the speed that he can bring to, uh, to table. So, Dane, I, I think Romeo Dobbs, to your point, um, is someone that they can lean on even more. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did a fine job 
getting of the ball. And even when they were struggling a bit in the second half, I, I thought they were doing fine getting him targets. Every time he touched the ball, he was getting six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards. So it wasn't for a lack of opportunity that the offense stalled for Romeo Dobbs, in my opinion. I, I think it was some of those other guys that um, in some of the earlier downs could, could have definitely helped to get in rhythm, and um, that might have gotten some things going as well. Wags, going into the preseason, or through, you know, at the end of preseason, a lot of fans were looking to crown Romeo, right? And talking about, you know, he's the next X, Y, and Z. And I'm always wary of doing that because preseason's preseason. We've seen a lot of guys be big in preseason and then kind of shrink. Um, I'm going to right now go ahead and say, I think the Packers have found a big play wide receiver in Romeo, uh, Dobbs. And I'm going to say it not only because of yesterday's performance, but um, I went back and looked in, at his numbers from the previous couple games as well. And in his first three games, he has a 20 plus yard reception in all three games. Um, you know, once, once is nice, twice maybe is a coincidence, but three is a trend. And, um, you know, he's a big play wide receiver and he's somebody that I think is going to show up for the Packers. And, and yesterday he, he looks really good catching the ball. He makes the plays. He obviously tracks the ball well. So I think we have somebody in him and I, I've been holding off waiting to see that because, you know, you just want to wait and see a guy put it together. Um, I thought yesterday was a, was a bit of a, although maybe not a major, major, you know, 200 yard coming out party. As a Packer fan who's watched the Packers play game in and game out, that was a coming out party as far as I'm concerned. Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to throw Romeo that ball, and I think we found a guy in him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dane, was we've talked a lot about the balance and the rotation uh, between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones yesterday. Mm-hmm. Could, could you make the argument, I'm just going to ask you this, could you make the argument that it might have been a game where they would have been better off Riding with one of those guys. I thought Aaron Jones was more Jones explosive the one. Yeah. yesterday. AJ Dillon, I you know, he has he's I love AJ Dillon. Um mm-hmm. he he just didn't seem to have the speed to be able to exploit um some of the mismatches or the holes that he did have, which weren't a lot to work with uh against this this Bucks defense. Um I guess I would just ask, I'm just going to ask, and it, could you make the argument that they, they may have been better off um, just riding Aaron Jones a little bit more yesterday and this just wasn't the best matchup for a guy like A.J. Dillon? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I would agree. And A.J. Dillon's going to have his share of uh, matchups where I want A.J. Dillon to get the, the lion's share of the carries too. So, you know, I think that it's going to be a week-to-week basis. I, I, I believe in splitting carries to a certain degree, but I also don't believe in doing it just for the sake of doing it. I think that there needs to be purpose behind what we do. Um, so, yeah, I thought Aaron Jones just looked like he matched up better against his defense yesterday and maybe a couple more carries to him, a couple less to A.J. Dillon. Um, wouldn't have been a bad thing, but obviously it worked out well in the end, but it, it was just tough. It was tough sledding for the running game. I thought that the pass blocking was phenomenal. I thought that the run blocking, you know, we had our challenges and that's going to happen sometimes against a fast defense. So all the more reason it would have been nice to maybe see Aaron Jones match up and go a little speed versus speed. I get why the Packers wanted to go a little brute strength, but when there's not those lanes there, sometimes you just want to get your fastest guy out there and, and get him the ball. And that probably would have been Aaron Jones yesterday. So I, I can agree yeah. with yeah, but then the other thing that that does is is you're right on brute strength. However, you take uh, A.J. Dillon off the field, and trust me, this isn't something I'm advocating for in most situations. Just in terms of, you know, you're running and you're not getting anything. You're just not really getting anything going. When you look at the box score, Aaron Jones' numbers don't pop out compared to uh, A.J. Dillon. I'm just talking about what we saw out eye test. Uh, yeah. on the field with the eye test because Josiah DeGuara only got nine snaps yesterday so maybe he gets more snaps and that opens up a few more things for Aaron Jones when he does run the football um so it's it's a balance I I I think it's an adjustment that I think they may want to look at is all right if we run into that situation again maybe maybe some of the personnel is is a different grouping get an additional tight end and try that out and see if that opens some things up as well. Um, Not to mention then, as I said earlier, I think Aaron Jones in the past game, uh, they could have leaned on him a lot more. He only had three receptions. Um, And to be quite honest with you, I I don't think Aaron Jones is a guy that should have less than, than 
five targets five, at, at, say, minimum, yeah. <laughs> at minimum every game. Like, um, it, honestly, he should be getting five to seven targets and, and more than likely, you know, four or five, six receptions every week as far as I'm concerned. Um, so it, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, there wasn't a lot of room to run, but if they would have been able to get him the ball more in space and just give him a chance out in the open field and, and see if he could find a few more creases. I think that might've been something that potentially could have opened some things up. It, it, we've seen Aaron Jones. It only takes one touch and he'll get a 20, 25 yard run. So the more we can get the ball in his hands, I think the better off uh, this offense is going to be, particularly when we run into stout run defenses like we did yesterday. Wags. I don't know how we haven't mentioned this yet, but we had the return of David Bakhtiari yesterday. I want to get your impression of a couple things. Um, a, box back. Awesome. So excited to see David back. I was the first, I'll be the first one to say, I said it on our preview podcast. No way David Bakhtiari is playing in Tampa. Dude's playing in Tampa. So that shows what I know. Um, but A, what did you think of the rotation? And B, as Bakhtiari works his way back, how do we how do we get Yash Diamond on the field as well? Because he's proving to be one of the best five offensive linemen for the Packers. That's an interesting thing. I well, first of all, you're right. Don't bury the lead. Let's just be grateful and happy that he's playing. So glad. Um, it looks like he came out of it okay. And I, I saw that they are already saying he might be able to just go without the rotation as early as next week. Uh, it was interesting, a, a little unprecedented. I, I didn't know what to think of it in the moment. And is it a conditioning thing? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. That's the puzzling thing. And, and it, there didn't seem to be a lot of questions asked. That's the weird thing about it. It's like, oh, okay, well, he's coming back from injury. That happened almost two years ago. They need and to give been, us a press pass. I want to ask that yeah, question to Coach he's LeFleur. Been practicing for five weeks. I'm glad he was out there. He looked good. Honestly, you did. Yeah, um, did. But, but why? Why the rotation? I, I don't understand. Like, it, okay, whatever. Um, out to your point, uh, Yash still played well. I, I, I was in the moment like, is this going to come back and bite us? Because offensive line is such a rhythm position. You don't see, this isn't like other sports where you, you guys go in and shift. Offensive linemen, unless they get hurt or they just play terribly, they play every snap of the game. Like they don't come out of the game. So it was, it was interesting. It's like the only way I can put it. I, I hope we don't have to see that moving forward. I, I would be really curious to your point as to the why. I, I think it was just sort of a, oh, they're just playing it safe. But but why? If he's healthy enough to play half the game, why can't he play the whole game? I, I didn't understand that. I, I guess it worked out, um, but I, I don't see how that's a beneficial um, strategy or approach to take moving forward. Yeah. So then the other question becomes, I, I just, I, if you, if you look at the pro football focus grade, the two highest graded offensive linemen yesterday were David Bakhtiari and Yash Nyman. <laughs> it's the greatest problem you could ever ask to have as a uh, Packer fan. Your two left tackles are your, your two best offensive linemen grading out against a great defense. Um, so I've got to ask Wags. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how uh, an offensive line that includes Yash and Bach and Elton Jenkins isn't better than what they rolled out. You know, I just, how how do we make this happen? Because I, I think that Yash Diamond sitting on the bench is a disservice. He, he, he can start over the majority of offensive tackles in this league. He just can't. So, um, you know, how do we get Elton Jenkins to bump back into guard and, you know, and make this work? Because I would love to see Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Myers, um, John Runyon Jr., Yash Nyman. That's a five that I can get behind. That is a Super Bowl offensive line as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, how, you say how. I think you, you make the change in it. practice and yeah. just do it. Um, Yash Nyman's a tackle. Uh, I think Elton Jenkins clearly shown that he can play tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't necessarily been the level of impact in terms of like what his standards are. And he's coming off a long injury as well, but also learning a new position. Right. He didn't play that much right tackle uh, before he got hurt. Um, so um, to your point, 
it's not only making the the offensive line as a whole better if you just make that change um it perhaps makes Elton Jenkins uh, a, a higher impact offensive lineman um Royce Newman with all respect I think is a really quality backup guard at, at this mm-hmm. point and um so it may not happen right away Dane because uh, perhaps they want to give Yash more reps as that transition happens before uh, they make a change you know injuries can dictate some of these things as well unfortunately it's it's probably not realistic to expect that the whoever's out there uh, for the five offensive linemen are going to be out there the rest of the season without missing any additional time so um, so we haven't seen the last of Yash Nyman out on the football field I'll, I'll tell you that much um, I hope it's not because David Bakhtiari uh, is unable to go as we move forward, uh, because clearly if he is, he's the starting left tackle, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But um, Yash Naiman, the only may, way you can do it is is to shift out and back inside. And I'll tell you what, um, you don't want to play too many musical chairs, but you posed this a few weeks ago. I, I wonder if there's a way to get Elton Jenkins back at left guard next to David Bakhtiari, because that's the position that he had been playing previously uh, is on that left side. So I I wonder if that would be something that would be a benefit. The question then becomes, is it John Runyon Jr. or Royce Newman? I think we're both aligned to saying we've seen more from John Runyon Jr., but is moving him to the other side really worth it? Because now you've got a left tackle and Yash Naiman moving to the right side. You've got Elton Jenkins moving to the uh, into the inside, which it should be fine for him. Uh, but then you've got another guard moving to the other side. So that might be a little bit more movement than you would like to have. But in the grand scheme of things, Dane, um, would that even be something that you would like to see if, if they can live with some bumps to try to smooth that out? Because then you've got your all-pro left tackle. You've got you're all pro left guard and you've got really three very promising and talented uh, guys in Josh Myers, uh, uh, John Runyon Jr. And Josh Nyman uh, on that right side. And I think that can, they can really maul in the run game uh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, the way I look at it is the Packer, you know, Aaron Jones or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers said it, you want to get your best 11 on the field. And I believe that. I truly do. And that's not just position players. If we're talking 11, I just, I truly believe that Yash Nyman is a quality offensive tackle in this league. And if he's sitting on the bench, it's doing us a disservice as a team. And, and, and this is what I think about Elton Jenkins. This is how good I think Elton Jenkins is. I think Elton Jenkins is a Pro Bowl quality right tackle. I think he's an all pro quality guard. That's what I think Elton Jenkins is. So, you know, and it, so that's how I'm looking at things. And I'm looking at it through that lens. Um, and, and seeing those five getting out there, I think long term, it makes the offensive line that much better. You're right. Injuries happen. A lot of things can happen. Um, but if, if, you know, and this isn't Madden football and I get that, but the Packers have invested a lot of time and resources into Yash Nyman as well, uh, over the last few years. And to have him sitting as a swing tackle at this stage in his career, knowing what he's capable of doing, I think is a disservice to him as a professional and also a disservice to this coaching staff that's coached his, their asses off and, and gotten Yash to where they, you know, working with Yash to get him where he needs to be. I just, you know, you know, I know we both are very high on him, but I would just love to see him get his opportunity on the right side because I think long term, he's a starter in this league and it may as well be for the Packers who have put so much time and energy into his career. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't agree more. So, But good problem uh, to have, right? I mean, most teams are scraping at the bottom of the barrel. We're talking about like, how do we get our best offensive linemen on? And they're all really damn good. Yeah, yeah, I, and it's it's really hard to say. You don't think there was any rhythm issues with that rotation yesterday no. affecting the run game? Shockingly, shockingly, and I'm the first to say if if I thought so, but no, I thought that there was shockingly no rhythm issues. It worked way better than I thought. When the first series, when Bach left and Yash came in, I was like, "What the heck are they doing?" And I was fully <laughs> expecting some issues. The fact that it didn't happen is a minor miracle, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Dane, I don't know if you did that on purpose, but you just stumbled into a perfect Jerry Seinfeld impression. So congratulations. <laughs> What's the deal? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I I think we've covered pretty yeah. much everything we can on offensively. I thought Alan Lazard um, did some nice things in the ca- pass-catching game. Got 
Nick, Big play. I, I, on a, a couple of holding penalties that I thought were a little ticky tack, but um, you know, uh, I thought he had a pretty good game and a second game back from injury as well. So, uh, so hopefully, continue development there. Dan, I think we got to touch a little bit on special teams here. Uh, is that the best special teams performance uh, when you look at all phases of special teams that you can remember in a while yeah. as a Packer fan? Because I, you know, it, it, without going and grading every aspect, I just again from the eye test, I can't think of a recent special team performance that was better than the one that we saw yesterday. Pat O'Donnell looked phenomenal. I thought he played great ball. You said it yesterday, Wags. He was a weapon yesterday. Um, I thought he played really good football. Um, I, I believe you said it. We went Insta Live right after the game, and you said his directional punting was really on point, and I agree. And if you notice, he was punting left an awful lot, and that's because Rudy Ford's over on that left side as a gunner. Rudy Ford, man, talk about a revelation. It seems like every year Goody's been really good at finding quality guys off the NFL. I hate to say it this way, but off the NFL scrap heap, right? Guys that are that have been kind of um, cast aside by another organization. Packers went out and found Rudy Ford, and early in the year, he has shown that he's a guy who can contribute to this team on special teams, you know, backup safety, but really, he's a special teams gunner. He's an ace, and I thought yesterday, um, it showed the confidence the Packers have in him winning his matchup as a gunner, the fact that clearly, Pat O'Donnell was trying to angle that ball left, and they knew that Rudy was going to be down there. So really good work, teamwork across the board, good snapping, I thought, by Jack uh, Coco, I thought that Pat played well and good coverage by the unit as well. Really good special teams. And I agree, Wags. This is the best we've seen in a number of years. As, as nervous as I was during the preseason, this unit is really coming together as a whole as the season is underway. Yeah. And it's interesting. You don't think of special teams as a unit that tries to exploit mismatches, but you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And we're seeing that because not only Ruby Ford, this week, but last week it was Dallin Levitt was the yep. guy that was uh, exploiting the mismatches as a gunner. Um, and then Kajon Nixon, which you mentioned earlier as well, going getting down there and pinning uh, the Bucks on the one-yard line. So um, we've got multiple guys contributing, and that's not even mentioning other guys out there that are, are making nice tackles and, and coverage um, and really doing their job. So um, it's it's great to see when not only is it not a negative part of the performance that the Packers put out there, uh, but it can actually be part of contributing to the success and, and, and really flipping the field yesterday. Um, and that plays, don't kid yourself. That plays a big part in, especially in a defensive battle like this was, um, it, I sure would have liked a couple of times, the uh, Packers offense in the second half got the ball close or near or over midfield and still couldn't do anything with it. So, that those frustrations aside, uh, when you're pinning the other team deep in their own territory time and time again, uh, that's going to make a, a significant impact. So um, uh, that was uh, truly nice to see, and and I think the special teams deserves as much credit as as anyone yesterday in in the Packers being being able to come away with the victory. Yeah, I mean you're you're right, man, and it was good to see. You know, you know, I I think that you know who's really solid out there just kind of does his job as Tyler Davis. He had a couple catches on offense too, but I thought he played really well yesterday, and it was great to see newly signed uh, for off for the practice squad Patrick Taylor out there on punt cover. I thought that he he really uh, lent himself there as well. It's just it's cool to see guys contributing, and there's definitely buy-in right now on special teams. They've got good athletes out there, and they've got a lot of guys doing work in WEGS. I think the key to a good special teams, as you just highlighted, is um, it can't always be the same guy. Different weeks, you're going to have different guys showing up, and so far in this young season, we've seen different guys show up in different weeks and make an impression. Yeah, that's so true. So kudos to Coach Basaccia and the rest of really that good. special team staff and unit. Um, I had some questions coming out of the preseason as well, uh, but for them to to put in the performance that they have so far this season, I mean, I know we haven't really gotten anything from the return game, but that's kind of a, a, a league-wide phenomenon. I don't think that's exclusive to the Packers. So um, say what you will about Amari Rogers, but as long as he catches the ball clean, uh, you know, that's that's kind of uh, about as much as I'm going to be hoping for 
at this point. And, and frankly, he's had a couple of nice returns. I know one of them was nullified yesterday, but, um, but I, I think we can continue to see progress there as well. So, all right, Dane, I think uh, we're closing in on an hour, so we should yeah, uh, get into our players of the week. Uh, the players of the week, of course, Bought to you by Leap Spirits. Uh, Leap Spirits uh, is uh, a special uh, sponsor here, and uh, Leap Vodka has been recognized for excellence by industry experts from coast to coast and was recently awarded it Wisconsin's Vodka of the Year. So, Dane, where do you want to start with your players of the week? Um, do you want to start? Why don't we start on the defensive side? Yeah. Because uh, they were the ones that just played so well. Um, so who is your standout player of the week and, uh, that you'd like to nominate on the defensive side of the ball? It's so hard to choose when the defense plays this well. Um, but I talked about him early and I just don't know how I can't at least give the man a nomination. Keyshawn Nixon. I thought he played really well, uh, in surprise duty. Um, you know, and, and it's just, you know, when a guy's playing poorly. Um, so that's really where I'm coming from. And, and for him to be able to show up, on all phases that they asked him to play so many snaps, uh, for him to make impact plays both on defense and special teams. He, he just, he put on a very strong performance unexpectedly, I think, um, going into the game. So I've got to at least nominate Nixon, uh, for, for, uh, big cheese performer on defense this week. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I think he's definitely deserving of a nomination, um, game ball, whatever you want to say. I have a hard time, uh, not put throwing Devondre Campbell out there as the player of the week. And Kenny Clark is right there too, uh, right. for me. So those two, I think for me, I think Kazon Nixon's kind of, in my mind at least, is sort of the defensive X factor of the week, the post-game X factor, if you will, uh, just an unexpected lift in performance. Uh, but uh, I thought Devondre Campbell, from start to finish, was just a dominating performance, mm-hmm. uh, not only in the box score, but just uh, out I, I test on the field, just all over the field, both in the run game and the pass game, uh, and culminating with that final play of the game right at the end to tip the pass. I know you said that uh, Darnell Savage was right there in coverage. I totally agree. Uh, but uh, all kudos to Devondre Campbell, as I think he uh, was definitely um, someone that stood out and, and had a significant impact on, on the way that defense played yesterday. Let's go with the, uh, let's go with Campbell. He's heart and soul of this defense, right? He's a captain now. I don't know how this guy was available in June last year. You know, it's just <laughs> remarkable to see the, the change, you know, or, or this defense has with an athletic linebacker like him. So let's go with Devondre Campbell as, as the, uh, big cheese performer this week, uh, brought to you by Leap Vodka. Um, Wags, let's go over to the offensive side. Um, you know, an offense that looks so darn good to start the game cooled off a bit, but, um, curious who stood out to you. Yeah, it's gotta be Romeo Dobbs for me. I, I mean, um, I would have said Aaron Rodgers if he would have duplicated his first half performance in the second half. But um, I think Romeo Dobbs, eight targets, eight receptions, touchdown, uh, almost 80 yards receiving. Uh, The rookie went out there, did work, and was a difference maker when we needed it, uh, quite frankly. So um, there was guys contributing. I, I think despite the tenor of our discussion, because the second half, kind of left a, a bad taste in your mouth with the offensive performance. Uh, the first half, they just looked exceptional. I can't stress that enough. If, if They just played really, really well um, on the offensive side of the ball for that entire first half up to the point of the Aaron Jones fumble. So um, I, I, I say it's Romeo Dobbs. I think there's other guys you can mention, but just from a complete performance perspective, um, I, I couldn't be happier with, with what he was able to do and maybe a little bit of a surprise at just how much he was able to contribute yesterday. But Dane, is there anyone else that you're thinking of uh, in terms of a nomination on the offense? It's got to be Romeo. I mean, when when we when you look at Big Cheese performer, Leap Spirits Big Cheese performer, I always look at do this the team win without their their impact. And I just don't know if this team wins yesterday without what Romeo Dobbs is able to do in, in, in beating the defense early in the game. And um, you know, looking at the other variables as a rookie, he's got to be this big big cheese performer. So I I I second. Your nomination, Wags, uh, for Romeo Dobbs being um, 
week three leap spirits, big cheese performer on offense. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm special teams wise. I think we both mentioned him now. Uh, so I'm just going to throw out Pat O'Donnell. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, it's, it's never usually good when you're nominating your punter as the special teams player of the week. But in this particular game, he was a weapon. He played exceptional. He had great distance. He had great, you know, direction. He had, you know, the, the ability to pin deep. Um, he just did it all. Um, and there was guys, it was a, a collaborative effort with the gunners getting down there and getting the job done too. So kudos to those guys that we mentioned as well. But um, Pat O'Donnell, uh, just an exceptional performance yesterday, uh, was really able to directly, I think, contribute to this victory as well. Wags, as a Packers fan, um, I'm so used to watching a punter either punt the crap out of the ball or miss it entirely and nothing in between. This whole directional punting thing is pretty incredible. So I don't know how we don't give him a big cheese. I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, Dane, any other closing thoughts or any anything else you wanted to touch on before we sign off for today? No, I mean, we're going to be back uh, previewing um, the this New England Patriots team that looks like they're going to be down their starting quarterback uh, heading into week four at Lambeau Field. But right now, Wags, Packers are two and one. They took uh, care of business on the road against a team with a very stout defense, um, against a team that has given us a lot of problems in the past. So I couldn't be more proud of this Packers team. Um, and we should all, I think, as fans, just enjoy the wins when they come, especially a quality win on the road on primetime TV against a solid opponent. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. So as always, be legendary and go Pack Go, go. Pack Go! Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will.